Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say today we have Nadaline, uh, Director of Marketing. Nadaline, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Tom. Pretty good. Thanks for the invite. Uh, it's great having you. Nadaline, we always start off the show the same. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your career today, please? I can. So I, um, I suppose I came from a sales background into marketing, um, which is helpful. I've been working uh, as a director of marketing or director of content in primarily the legal technology space for the past couple of years, although I've recently uh, moved into agriculture as an industry, which was an interesting sort of sideways shift. Um, I now uh, work in consultancy, so I I consult with companies as opposed to uh, working within them, mostly startups, um, but obviously in the agricultural industry, I'm working with representative bodies, which is a whole new area of marketing that I'm really excited to be exploring. And what would you see is your main strength in digital now at the moment? Definitely content. Um, It's always been my main strength and I think it's sometimes underestimated as being a part of of digital marketing but to me it's always the fuel for everything that you do. Um, Quite what type it should be or or the content it should be. Um, Driving engagement is is really the, the, the key part of digital marketing as far as I'm concerned. Brilliant. And to to dive into that a little bit more, any particular content you're really into? Do you do you specialize in video or or written content? Is it more is it more organic on social, that kind of thing? How, how do you go about producing content? So there's a very real lean towards written content for me personally, but that's of course not always what we do within the organization. So it depends. It depends on the needs of the company at the time, uh, the goals that they're driving towards. Um, I think that sometimes in marketing we forget um, that, and and it's true more so in younger companies than older, more established companies, that there's always a specific goal on the table uh, that we're reaching towards. So I think, you know, are you trying to build brand recognition in a new vertical? Are you... Um, you know, running sales campaigns primarily? Are you hoping to impress investors into putting a big check on your desk? It really depends on what it is that the company is trying to achieve as to the type of content that is uh, going to achieve more towards those goals than others. And I like, I know obviously different content depending on the industry and the companies you're working for. Um, is there any mm. examples or anything that you think our listeners or people should be keeping an eye out content wise? Maybe you can make it specific to an industry, but anything you think it is having great growth results at the moment? Oh, I, I probably have a contentious view on that. I think that we tend to play to our own strengths as marketers, which absolutely, of course, is something that we should be doing. But, you know, a fair amount of the time content is produced of a type and in a way that's what we think should be effective or that we think people should like. I think that we don't ask people enough. Uh, We don't engage with audiences enough 
to find out what appeals to them and, and what they're looking for. And sometimes they don't know. Of course, that's a that's a valid concern. But I, I think engagement with the audience as opposed to internal decision making should be what drives the selection and types of content as opposed to what we think is pretty. Yeah, that, that, that's a very fair point. And in terms of reporting, how would you advise your clients and stuff to, to export out and track those kind of KPIs? What What's your go-to kind of uh, reporting? So different companies use different softwares. You know, so some companies will use HubSpot, others will use Pardo, others will use maybe WordPress or Wix. Um, the, the critical point, I suppose, for me is that I'm always driving towards a number, regardless of what it is that I'm doing. So more uh, reporting is uh, <laughs> reporting is fantastic and you really, really need it. But understanding what that means and what you should do about it is a completely different skill set in my view. So, you know, in, in terms of uh, in your email marketing, um, your, your open rates, playing with subject lines and, um, you know, understanding the audience well enough to understand why a trend is moving down or up is really important to be able to work strategically towards that number that you're working towards. So reporting is critically important, but interpretation of it is a whole different art form, I think, from from, from my own perspective. With experience, you can look at the data Sometimes data isn't as straightforward as just looking at the the real numbers. You have to have that kind of black box thinking of how how to how to interpret this. Is this the full story? Uh, I, I'm I'm doing a lot of work on that at the moment. Um, but yeah, I I completely agree with that. For sure, because people are complex. They're not you know simple creatures. You press this button and they leap to purchase this thing. Um, you know, and, and sometimes the conclusions we draw are so far off, it's not even funny. Um, and sometimes the correct conclusion is something we hit on by accident. It's not an exact science. It is yeah. an art form, but it, it is inevitably more complex than, than people uh, yeah. assume it to yeah, be. I completely agree. I, just to give an example of that, um, I'm, I've just read the book, uh, Black Box Thinking, and there's a there's a section in it. Oh, Matthew Sire. Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah, it's a... It's um, mm-hmm. the one bit that really stayed with me uh, is when they're talking about the World War Two planes and they were getting people to look at it. And once all the planes were arriving back, there was always bullet holes in in the wings and everything else, uh, everything away from the cockpit and the fuel tank. And what the, the, the military at the time were thinking about was reinforcing the wings and basically the tail and a couple of other areas. But actually, it was one of the scientists that identified that it's the, those were the planes that were returning, the ones that actually fall in, uh, in in enemy spaces were the ones where, obviously, bullet holes and stuff were penetrating the cockpit or the fuel tank. So they were the areas that were need to be reinforced. And I suppose it's a good point around data in general um, is if you have all this data in front of you, you have to still think, okay, but what's the bigger picture here? And I, I think it's quite a good way of explaining it, I suppose, when you're analyzing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you are correct because like that, we all you know see what's in front of us and we interpret things based on our own experience. 
And so the risk is that you're carrying experience at a different company or, you know, time working towards a different goal. It, it's always a bit of a mental puzzle. And that's probably the part of the work that I enjoy the most is just that seeing what ticks, seeing what doesn't, trying to th turn things and work out why it's happening this way as opposed to that way. Um, that's the crux of the issue, really, in terms of digital marketing. Everything else is how you um, activate those conclusions, if you will. But that's that's the core of performing digital marketing to me. Yeah. And obviously, one of the big differences in marketing is your B2B to B2C kind of marketing. Mm. Uh, do you operate in both areas or do you tend to focus on one or the other? Always focused on B2B. Um, more recently with the, the move into the agricultural industry, uh, stepping more into B2C. Um, and it's an interesting, it's an interesting shift because the, the differences are, of course, enormous, um, you know, between talking to, and obviously farmers are very educated in the, the art of farming but they're not necessarily very educated in the art of representing themselves in public, which is a whole different kind of ball game for them. Uh, whereas when you're dealing with a professional, really, really uh, educated, really insightful body of people, um, your level of knowledge to be able to speak to them must be much, much higher. Uh, the same does apply in B2C in my limited experience of it, because obviously farmers are experts in their field too. Um, so uh, acquiring knowledge at speed is, is one of those things I'm always working on. Yeah, that's a really good point. And do you have, do you have a setup to acquire knowledge like that? How would you go about collecting knowledge and, and content, I suppose? This is the, the thing I'm always working on. And so I am perennially in search of uh, research software or writing software that is going to transform my life. But <laughs> I, uh, I go through, um, like all writers, I think we, we explore every new writing software that comes out as a useful distraction from actually having to do any writing. But um, no, I, I think that the, the research for me always starts with the people. Because otherwise, you know, I worry that you'd spend time on topics that you think are enormously interesting as somebody who sits outside of the industry, only to discover sometime later that the people inside the industry are well aware of that and don't care. So finding out from people where they're at right now, what topics are interesting to them, what questions are they called upon to answer, and useful content always ranks higher than interesting content. If, if you have content that genuinely helps them to do their job or solves a problem in, you know, with an original twist or, or things that they don't know, uh, one of the things that I love to do is talk to people about stuff they feel they don't know enough about, you know, that they don't have time to research themselves. And if they can come to view you as a source for providing information that they can't easily get themselves or don't have time really to acquire, then that really does affect your conversion rates. Really well said. And is there any particular campaign that you've done yourself that you're that has been really successful in your eyes that you want to mention? Anything in your previous experience that you think, oh wow, that was a great moment? 
<laughs> there's a lot of them in fairness I think one of the things that I am um, proud of in, in the legal, legal technology world is that I have a real affinity for lawyers um, they're you know groups of people I've worked with for a long time in particular intellectual property attorneys but um, they're so much more uh, generous um, with their with their knowledge and with their time than people imagine they're far more entertaining than people would imagine um, they're, they're people I really enjoy working with and a lot of them have a very real zeal you, you know to to adequately and maybe even fantastically represent their clients and there came a moment in in my time in the legal technology field where I realized that effectively a, a lot of you know content and marketing and advertising boils down to um, a subtle message that says you know you'd be a better lawyer than you are today if you used our systems which of course <laughs> isn't at all true um you know their their skill sets um, are not something that is enhanced by software but what you can do is you can reduce the amount of effort and heavy lifting that they're having to do in terms of everyday tasks so you can you can give them more time to be as awesome as they are um, but it was about understanding how lawyers feel about how they're presented by uh, technology companies by third-party vendors uh, and by the people in the industry generally that lawyers are not particularly liked and to emphasize how fantastic and fun uh, and, and really good people they actually are and their response to that was they actually really did kind of mean something to me fuzzy and all as it sounds and sort of emotional as it sounds it's really really nice to feel that you've struck the right balance in terms of the people that you want to speak to and, and how you're representing them in those communications so it, it was nice it took me shamefully longer than it should have to for the penny to drop with that um, but to, to then be sort of taking the lead in producing content that uh, centers lawyers as they are and not how they're seen. I think that was uh, that was quite important to me. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that on TikTok recently as well, where uh, lawyers and and different different let's say governing bodies or practices or professionals like that, they they're really starting to to realize how to market themselves on new platforms and, and get that kind of organic reach quickly, um, which kind of nicely leads on to my next question around softwares is there any softwares you obviously mentioned it when you were talking about writing tools and stuff but is there any that you swear by and still use on a regular basis no um i'm a perennial software addict which might explain why uh, i got so involved in the legal technology world my, my two favorite things law and software um i i don't I don't perennially use anything because the, the needs of companies that I'm, I'm dealing with are so widely varied. And obviously you have to work with whatever systems they have on board. Um, I'm always exploring um, software. There is one that kind of has my attention because a lot of the work that I do is uh, strategic as well as creative. Um, there's a, an app called Cascade um, that launched, I think last year, and it is centered around uh, building your strategies for the companies, obviously, but also for marketing. 
um, and sales and marketing strategies. And it's really interesting. So I've been playing with that a lot recently. And I think that strategy is something, you know, people produce strategies that look a lot more like a to-do list than, than, than a strategy. And to my mind, you know, a strategy should answer the question, are we doing the right things? And your plan that comes from it should answer the question, are we doing them the right way? And I think that that software could be really exciting in terms of how uh, how marketers can be helped to build an actual strategy as opposed to a, a marketing plan. To touch on that a little bit more, how, uh, can you explain how Cascade really works, like how, uh, how it uh, operates? Sure. So it's a little bit like a cross between um, an online strategy fill-in-the-box builder and a... I suppose, a a task management tool, if you will, that tracks progression of things. So it allows you to not only build your strategy, but roadmap it and break it down into actionable steps um, as you go. Very often, a strategy document is one that is completed at the C-suite level and then languishes in a desk drawer for the next couple of years. Um, For a strategy to be successful, it needs buy-in at every level of the organization. And, and even if that's just a marketing strategy, if sales hasn't seen, uh, didn't participate in, and wasn't a part of the evolution of your marketing strategy, it's unlikely to have the impact that you might hope. You know, one of the things that I love is when you know sales guys would come back from a conference and they had talked to people about marketing, about our marketing, and, you know, they commented on blogs that they read, or videos that they watched that they really loved, that they thought were great. You know, marketing contributes so much more to the development of the entire company than people give it credit for quite often. Quite often it's dismissed internally as a sort of a, you know, that we're eternally wandering around in floaty dresses and sticking post-it to things. It, it has a real commercial value. Um, and so having a strategy that emphasizes and delivers on that commercial value and that is seen across the organization as being immensely valuable, I think is very helpful to every marketer's career, regardless of what your career ambitions might be. I think that, you know, when you can demonstrate deliverable results, then that's the most helpful thing you can do for your career. And the only way you can do that is is with strategy and, and buy-in. So the real value of this tool then is it allows um, you know people to work collaboratively, collaboratively together to build that strategy. And it helps you communicate it across the organization and track the progress of it as you go. Yeah, what, what a brilliant answer. And yeah, completely agree. Reporting and, and strategy is key. Um, is the away from your strengths at the moment? Is there any areas you're looking to upskill into, and and is there anywhere where you go to find new information or insights as well? Oh, I'm always looking to upskill everything all of the time. Um, I think for me, learning is a really big part of progressing because the, the industry moves so fast. Um, you know, marketing as a whole is evolving at a rate of knots with new tools coming on board, it it seems like every day. And, you know, the industries that you're working with, they're evolving too. But I think for me, um, moving into different kinds of projects 
uh, to expand my experience of things is, is something that I'm actively doing across this last year. So, um, you know, it's one thing to say you will go in at the ground level of a startup and you will help them build, um, you know, market penetration from there. It's another thing entirely to go into an existing organization that is suffering from a negative marketing campaign and seeing how you can you can strategize to reposition that effectively. Um, that's a huge challenge and it's one that I'm sort of taking on at the moment. So upskilling in, for me really is about uh, taking on different kinds of projects with different kinds of goals in different uh, environments and uh, you know, then finding uh, mentors and trailblazers in that um, and, and not only picking their brains, but, you know, working to learn yourself um, and always just do it better than you did it yesterday. And looking at the digital industry as a whole, is there anything that you see coming in the future that you think might impact your work or the, the industries at hand? I think there's um, there's a lot of manipulation in the, in the marketing industry, and that's fair. I don't say that as a criticism, just, just as an observation. I think that there is a real trend when you have customer-led content, you know, or really customer-focused marketing campaigns. We are seeing a huge push to authenticity. You know, the trend is moving away from, uh, you know, what once was... Um, gorgeous full color photos that just made people want to buy things and you know came through influencers and now it's coming to a more authentic and everyday place and I think a lot of that that trend as it strengthens which it's doing is going to impact um, how we create content um, and how we use it in our digital marketing strategies Authenticity, though, is a bit of a double-edged sword. <laughs> so just as quickly as you can have, you know, huge, uh, really positive consumer response to messaging that you put out, you know, they can see something in it that you didn't intend uh, and it can go the opposite way. So I think the industry, the, the digital marketing industry, finding that balance between authenticity um, and everyday kind of reality uh, but not stepping over the edge into inadvertently offending thousands of people with a single tweet. Um, I think that one that is going to be interesting to watch as companies sort of struggle a little bit to find their, their positioning in it. And lastly, we always ask the same question on the show, which is, if you could bottle up one personality trait you have yourself in the line that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Ooh, um, I don't know if it's a personality trait or, or a skill set, but I do think the one skill that would make monumental differences for, uh, you know, young people in the industry and people generally maybe is practicing seeing yourself as a catalyst for change. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't really feel their own ability to you know, change environments, shape policies, um, or achieve goals for themselves personally, never mind for a company. So the skill set that makes the difference between delivering and not is being able to see yourself as the catalyst that makes change happen. 
And if you really believe that, then you don't get knocked back. Uh, I think that people forget how intimidating marketing can be. You know, you're, you're putting out social media posts and you're putting out content and nobody's responding to it. Or maybe you put something out and somebody writes, well, that was totally rubbish. Uh, and at that point, you just want to go home and get in bed and pull the duvet over your head. Seeing yourself as having that power to, to yeah. drive change gives resilience in marketing and resilience is what, you know, supports the journey. Well, great answer, Nadaline. Yeah, I, I'm all for resilience. And yeah, I, I think that's a brilliant way to end the show. Thank you so much for being on the show. I hope everyone listening has really enjoyed listening to Nadaline. And yeah, thank you. Not at all. It was a pleasure to be here and I hope you have a great rest of it.